Computers are live. Mixer is up. Levels are good. Equalizer is good. Ready channels one and two. Mic is live in three, two, one. Roll it. Welcome, listeners, to the My Practice My Business podcast, where we teach dentists and their teams how to reclaim forgotten profitability in dentistry with our clinical business of dentistry training. And now, the host of our show, the clinical director at My Practice My Business, Dr. Rob Thorup. Welcome, podcast listeners. It's Dr. Rob with My Practice My Business. I want to wish all of you a happy Memorial Day weekend. Um, I've been very impressed with... uh, Fox News and what they have been showing uh, all of their viewers uh, in in the celebration of Memorial Day weekend and in a remembrance, remember those who have uh, given the ultimate sacrifice for all of us on our behalf. Very happy to uh, say that uh, uh, one of my sons, uh, my middle son, is a uh, he joined the Marine Corps and he's been out for a while now. And then my youngest son was in the army and he's out now and and both those two are pursuing careers and my my third son my oldest he's uh getting ready to serve his country too uh very proud of the traditions we have and uh my dad served in world war ii in the pacific uh theater and uh, we got a little history of of uh, family members who have served their country very grateful I am to all of those uh, in the United States who who are serving and have served, and I salute them, all of them. So grateful for their sacrifice and service. Uh, today is going to be right along the lines of uh, things that uh, people in the military learn and that we can actually apply to dentistry. And it has to do with uh, team development and that's going to be our topic for today. And it's important for us to understand that with team development in our practices, it starts out with a vision. We have to, we have, to have a vision of where we're at and where we want to be. And after that vision, we've got to uh, be able to look at what a mission would be to achieve that vision. And then we have to have a strategy to accomplish that vision followed by an action plan, and then implementation, and eventually success. So a vision is, is uh, when we talk about uh, realistic goals and, and things we try to accomplish in our practice, uh, a vision is where everyone in the ranks of our practice, they can articulate that vision. And if they can, success will follow. So it's kind of like, where do you see your dental practice, and what is your vision of success where vision lacks, though, confusion prevails. And that picture of perfect su- success um, has to engage the hearts and the spirit of your team members. And it has to be simple, can't be complicated, and it's got to be attainable, and it's got to be able to change over time because we can't remain in a status quo of where our vision is. Change happens, and I've seen this throughout the years, going literally from analog radiographs to digital technology, and now we're seeing this continued movement towards uh, uh, the abilities and radiographs with cone beam. We're also seeing this in CAD CAM technology in our practices, uh, and who knows where we'll be in the next 10 to 15 years. Um, we've even seen changes in anesthetic and, and uh, 
crown types and filling materials. It's an amazing profession we live in. It's constantly changing. If we, if we resist that change, though, we will fail. Adaptation causes us to change while change is happening. And if we lead change, leading change makes it happen. And that's what we have to do as the uh, CEOs of our company. When we recognize change happens, we have to have, in order for change to happen, we've got to have three things. We have to have an objective. And that would be like a goal. What do we want to accomplish and how do we want to accomplish it? And then we have a strategy. And that strategy is your plan to achieve that objective. And then we have tactics. And tactics are devices to obtain that strategy. So objectives, strategies, and tactics will help us uh, achieve the change or things that we need to. And when we empower others to help us lead change, that's when it gets really fun. Our position, expertise, and credibility helps change. Ours does, Doc. So we want, team, we want to empower others. We want to empower our team members to share responsibility. We just had another fantastic uh, office go through office manager training and team training this last week. And we watched a really, uh, a very awesome office manager uh, take and realize, gosh, I, and she does a great job, but she realized, she realized quickly that if she empowered others or delegated responsibilities that she could obtain even more. And that's when it gets exciting with practices. Um, sharing that responsible responsibility, it makes friends, it builds relationships and it, it just creates a bond and a practice that, uh, is, is where we want to be with our team. So everybody feels, uh, uh, very important, which they are in all of our practices. Sometimes you don't have a choice in your team. Sometimes you have a team member that that is is fantastic, but they just lack in other areas. We've always talked about, you know, give me anybody that has a good personality, and uh, I can train them the rest of the way. Um, but sometimes some people just aren't as quick to to grab a hold of things. We want to move ahead regardless. And that person, if they have good work ethic, hey, they'll come along. Some people are so resistant to change, though, we we might not be able to bring them along. We encourage them as much as we can. And if they still don't want to change, well, you know what you have to do there. It's it's time they're going to make the change for you, not you. Um, lead your change based on values and mission and vision. The vision is like where and what do you want to do? What is it that you want to accomplish uh, within your practice? From small goals to large goals. The mission is that plan to accomplish that vision. And the values in your practice are your values and everybody else's values. But especially yours, Doc, you own the company. So what is important to you or your belief system? Office managers, what's important to you and what's your belief system? Establish urgency. You need to jump in with both feet. You can't dilly-daddle around. You've got to move forward. You can't wait until you're completely ready. I've seen so many practices have, they've um, postponed going through our clinical business of dentistry team training. They're like, I've got to get this person in position. Then I've got to get this person in position. And then when they eventually go through our training, some people like six, eight, nine months later, then they're like, oh, we're in a position to train. Then they realize, and we tell them, uh, you probably should just go through the training right now. We'll help you bring those people up to speed. And then after they go through the training, they're like, yeah, I should have jumped in with both feet, you know, six, nine, 12 months ago instead of waiting so long. 
because uh, you'll never be ready. You'll never be completely ready. If you have a plan, you execute it. It's not a rushed item if you have a plan. And then you have to lead by example. Sometimes we, we docs, have to enter the water first and then lead by example. You want to create a culture that embraces change. Change is easy when you have been successful with change. But man, if you make changes and you're not successful, it's much more difficult to get the team behind you without saying, okay, look, I messed up here, but we're going to move forward over here and and I need you guys to support. Okay, And that change has got to be fun with a purpose. That's where, where we oftentimes like we'll buy stuff and it's like, we're going to make this change and we're going to implement this and then nothing happens. So you can't embrace the status quo when it comes to change. You have to lead change by using what's called the EDGE method. And EDGE is an acronym. It's explain, demonstrate, guide, and enable. And what after we, these are stages of team development that we'll go into a little bit more. And it starts out with team organization and development. There are four stages to team organization and development. These are taught in Stephen Covey type courses and training, but these are also taught in our military institutions. And that's why I'm excited to talk about these things on such a great day like Memorial Day. There's, the first one is called forming. And I'm going to give you the fours. Forming, storming, norming, and performing. And the first one's forming. And forming is like when we see team members, it's like, yeah, we want to come to this training. We're so excited. We can't wait to learn how to increase revenue. Or it might be learning how to do CAD CAM technology and going to the courses to learn how to do it there. That forming stage, everybody's enthusiastic. They're motivated to do something new, but they have low skills. They may not have the skills and experience to do that new idea. So forming requires careful explaining by you doc or you office manager, you hygienist, whoever on the team wants to make this change and has a sure knowledge or understanding of how this change is going to be. And the type of leadership style that works best is telling and persuading. Okay, So we have to tell you, hey, look, this is going to work well. We have to persuade you. And we see a lot of docs that come into our courses with a lot of uh, office personnel that go, yeah, I don't know. And the docs, they tell and persuade. And then once they get here, it gets exciting. And then we see the teams go through the storming stage. They're like, okay, now they're in classroom work stuff, and we really get them out of their comfort zone, and it's not a lot of fun there. But that's the storming stage, low enthusiasm. It's like, do we have to do something new? Really? You're going to make us do role-playing? You're going to make us learn these things? And you're going to give us tests where we have to like come up with the answers see these are low skills and you may not have skills and experience to do the new idea but that's why we that's why we go through that storming stage and for and 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 storming requires careful demonstrating by leaders or members to succeed and the leadership style that works best there is telling persuading and consulting at that same time The next one's norming, and this is where the team starts capturing the concepts and the ideas and the knowledge base, and they start learning how to apply it. And that then the enthusiasm starts to rise, and, and that increasing increasing enthusiasm and motivation for doing something new gets exciting. And these are growing skills. Skills and productivity are starting to develop, and and success increases by giving team members the freedom to act on their own 
but being ready to provide guidance when help is needed. And we see this all the time in our team training. Nothing is more fun and also challenging when teams start capturing the concepts we're teaching in our team training and professional office manager training because they start they start talking amongst themselves and they start uh, getting us off track all the time. That's what happens. And they're like, they start talking amongst each other. Hey, you know what, what about this? And what about this? And we could do, we could implement this idea. And and oftentimes what we do as instructors, when we see that starting to happen, instead of like keeping on track, we'll just sit back and fold our arms and let the talking begin. Man, it's so exciting. And that's the norming stage. They're going from storming to norming and there's, and, and all we do is sit back and, and do a lot of consulting at that time and actual delegating in the norming stage. And that's what we do, Docs, when we teach our team members. And then comes the performing stage. The performing stage is the fourth uh, uh, um, component of team development. They get high enthusiasm. They begin to, to or have caught the vision of the program. And that's where it's fun. The performing stage is when they start realizing and start learning how to implement that vision. And that's when the that's when the excitement begins. They sit now. They have high skills. They've learned the how to make the vision real and how to make it happen. And the leader has enabled the team members to make decisions on their own. So they they go in teaching and training. Again, we use that edge me- method. We explain, then we demonstrate it, then we guide it, and we and then we enable. Our team members do that. And that's how, that's how instructors teach us in dental school. They follow that edge method all the time. So as teachers, we become the teachers of our staff. We need to be able to do that. Office managers, when you're delegating, they're going to make mistakes when you start cross-training your team to help you out. And it's okay to let them make mistakes because they will get to that performing level if we just keep, keep teaching them and enabling them to, to learn uh, the things that they need to. So... The leader at that stage has enabled the team members to make decisions on their own, to progress towards that completion of a task. And the the leadership style that works best there literally is just joining with a little bit of consulting and delegating, but mostly we just join with them. Then what's really important that a lot of teams forget to do is they forget to have reflections. And in the military, they call these after-action reports. And so in business, we call them reflections. And this is where, where we have the team members conduct the reflection and, and that uh, to coincide with whatever event or training that they have had done. And, and it's important to have those reflections whenever you implement something new because you want the team members to um, follow three categories. It's called start, stop, and continue. And it's so important to get input from everybody and because then it's accepted and it's respected when we use start, stop, and continue. Start is we start doing the things that increase success. We start doing things that increase revenue. We start doing things that increase case acceptance or make us better at performing the things that we know how to do. We stop. Stop is the second one. Stop doing the things that maintain the status quo or that don't, are not profitable. They, they don't give us the profitability that we're looking for, or it's not the patient care that we want to have, or it might be a material that we want to just stop using because we don't like it. And I've been in all those and many other categories uh, throughout the years. And then continue. 
continue doing the things that are working and and not the things that continue to bring status quo. Continue doing the things that work and increase productivity, increase revenue and profitability within the practice. Profitability being the main thing. Those are the power players. So the the question becomes leader versus follower. And in one of the podcasts that will that will follow this one. We're actually going to talk about um, being a leader and not a follower. Ordinary people who simply do what other people are not willing to do achieve extraordinary success. And that's why we want to teach how to be a leader and not a follower. What works for large corporations, that they also work for small businesses and small dental practices. For example, in a small dental practice, we can connect... We, we can use products that are very inexpensive that help increase revenue and that help drive patients to our practices and that help us um, continue to, to plus our practice in ways that, that the large corporations do it. That's my dental docs and my dental stats or any statistical dashboard, but my dental docs, that's a power player for increasing case acceptance and educating your patients. And becoming great just begins with a conscious decision to think about where you want to be, creating that vision and accomplishing it. We should never, ever be willing to settle for complacency. The older I get, the more I continue to keep looking for new technologies that work and that help me with patient care. That's why we we always continue uh, studying things and going to continuing education courses. And it's like it's your brand. Brands aren't names of your practice or logos or marketing. Your brand is who you are and what you promise your patients and staff. And that's important, not just your patients, but your staff. Your ability to keep that promise to all of them uh, from a business view to uh, the ability to deliver the best dentistry possible. When you have stages, when you start team development, when you capture a vision, there's always that go, no-go decision. I, I was a pilot for years and uh, flew corporate for quite a, you know, quite a long time, actually. Um, and one of the things we always had to do is we, we had to look at weather. And if the weather was really bad, uh, either from launching here at Salt Lake International or going to a location... Um, Santa Rosa, California was one of my routes. Friday Harbor was one of my routes. Boeing Field, uh, Centennial out in Denver. Those were my main routes that I flew. And I, was, I always had to look at the weather. If the weather was bad, we had to make a go-no-go decision. We had to wait for weather. Uh, even though our, our, we're flying a, a small corporate jet and it had the capability to penetrate weather, we still had to make go-no-go decisions all the time. But So in dentistry, with things we do in business... Deciding to go is usually the first step to greatness, and that, that applies to aviation because if the weather's bad and you decide to go, that could end in a bad result. So deciding to go, though, once you hit that go button, that's the sign of greatness. Unfortunately, it's also the first stumbling block because most practices decide not to go. I saw that when digital uh, capabilities came out many years ago uh, when I used to lecture for uh, Dentrix on their on their digital imaging radiography stuff. And, and practices would never make the decision to change. They talk about it. They hold meetings. They write mission, mission and vision statements, and they have their kumbaya meetings. But it's crazy. Disney uh, made a comment. He says, it's kind of fun to do the impossible. And I love that quote for him. That's why extraordinary practices make a clearly defined decision to go. 
They decide to make commitments that they take hold of their practice, they become real, and they define a clear level of success. And these aren't big things. These can just be small, fine-tuning, one-degree course corrections you know, each and every month that happen in their team meetings. Because there's five business decisions to go. The first one is to maximize your active patient base. And second one is to do those things that build relationships with your patients. It's so important to do. The third thing is to promote and deliver the best dentistry for the value your training allows. Don't cheapen your value. Fourth thing you want to do is achieve systems excellence in everything you do, from the office manager dealing with insurances to how you treat patients that come through your door. And then the last thing is stay current with technology and be relevant. One of the quotes I've always loved is customer service is an attitude, not a department. (laughs) So we all love a good pep rally. I hope that this podcast isn't some pep rally for you, but we go to these pep rallies that we have at dental meetings and, and, and we might listen to other uh, information or read other information that just kind of has a good pep rally. But how often do we see this at dental meetings? All the time. And what happens when we get back to the office on Monday? Usually nothing. And that's uh, we're here at uh, My Practice, My Business, man. We really help our practices succeed and implement the things that, they, that they've learned to do. And so the question you have to go with, ask yourself with this go-no-go decision in team development is, are you a talker or are you a doer? Greatness is a decision, and it has to be chosen. It's looking at each other, looking at your office manager doc in the eye or, or, or office manager looking your doc in the eye and all the team looking at each other and say, I'm in, are you? <laughs> and, and greatness requires making changes and doing hard things until they become easy. Oh my gosh, how many burrs did I break off in my CAD CAM machine before I realized what a dumb mistake I was making. I kept forgetting to select the block size. So things become difficult, and then we learn how to make them easier the more we do it, right? That's why they call it a practice. (laughs) We're practicing. Then recommitting to those changes and decisions again and again with each other. It's like if you have an impulse to act on a goal, you have to physically move within five seconds because if you don't, your brain will just shut it down, just goes into la-la land. Well, on go-no-go decisions, you know, I want to make good, intelligent go-no-go decisions that, that, that promote the things that I want to do but are also safe. And most people will say, why? Where I say, why not? That's always been, <laughs> always been why the things that I've, I've experienced in life, the things I've wanted to do, it's, it's so many people are just afraid to take that first step. And if I may quote one of my favorite, uh, my favorite uh, Jedi Knights, don't laugh at me. I mean, come on, I grew up with Star Wars. I love this from Yoda. Try, try not. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> well, oftentimes we do have to try things over and over again. But I've loved that model. I love the, the phrase, just do it. And I hope that all of you, I hope this helps with the stages of team development. I hope you play this with your teams and so you can understand how important it is to capture the vision of doing things in your practice that may be out of your comfort zone. And those stages of team development are normal. They're normal. Forming 
storming, norming, and performing. Those are things that you that you want to study because not everybody's going to pick up everything right away and understand everything right away. And if you just cut everybody some slack, doc, cut your team slack, team, cut your doc some slack. When you're learning new things, the most important thing is like Disney always taught at Disney University, just keep plussing the practice. That's plussing the practice, meaning move your business forward. Keep moving it forward. Keep Keep that spirit alive of wanting to do a little bit better each and every day. Thank you so much for tuning into the My Practice, My Business podcast. You can find additional podcasts you may have missed that will help you with your dental practice at Apple iTunes Podcasts. And remember to become a subscriber to our podcast. Many of you have asked how to help support the My Practice, My Business podcast. If you have enjoyed the program and information you received today, the best way to help is to leave us a five-star review. Thanks again for allowing us to be a part of your day.